welcome Wildcats to another episode of Weber State Weekly's Women's Hoops Show. We're a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network, and I am your host, Colby Peterson. Today on the show, we're welcoming back Jessica Euler. Jessica, thanks so much for hanging out with us. Excited to be here. Thanks for continuing to do this. Always fun yeah. to talk about our women. Yeah, I mean, this women's team is, uh, they're exciting, they're fun to watch. Uh, so always, always easy to talk about them. And then a uh, longtime watcher of this women's team, longtime season ticket holder, folks, Brooke Minnick, also joining us tonight. Brooke, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, we've we've talked about it on the show. I mean, the cost of, of season tickets for the women is just like insanely cheap. Like, I don't understand how more people aren't doing it. It's just nuts. Me either. <laughs> yeah. So today on the show, we're, uh, we got a couple of games to talk about. So we'll go through those. Uh, Wildcats took on Northern Colorado with the Purple Palace. And then um, and then they ended the the homestand by taking on Sacramento State. So we're going to talk about both of those. Split decision ended up losing to Northern Colorado, but uh, getting the a dramatic win, I would say, if you were in the Purple Palace on Saturday. I watched it on TV, but uh, dramatic win over Sac State. Uh, a really nice win. And then uh, and then I've got a game for our panel. We're going to be playing over-under. So I've got some some numbers prepared on uh, what the remainder of the season looks like. And we're going to get their takes. Whether they could take the over or the under. Uh, before we get into all that, though, I want to encourage everybody to subscribe to the show, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, any uh, anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, Weaver State Weekly is likely to be there. Also on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all good places to find us and chat. Um, and then especially Twitter spaces, we've been doing a lot more Twitter spaces and watch parties. And so for, for these road games, do you want to watch the, watch the game on ESPN plus with some folks? We've been doing watch parties. So hop on Twitter and get on one of our Twitter spaces and, uh, enjoy the, enjoy the group because it's been a really good time. Um, and then finally, Patreon. We have a Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly. Choose to be a patron and support us. We really appreciate all of our supporters that are willing to do that. Um, it really makes a difference, helps us pay the bills over here. So thank you so much to our patrons. Uh, and if you want to become one, patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly. All right, ladies. Now let's talk a little bit about this Northern Colorado game. Let's uh, first up. This game was uh, early. It's kind of a weird one. This was on like, what was it? Like noon on Thursday. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, really weird. Uh, but uh, Wildcats took on the Bears uh, in the Purple Palace at like noon on a Thursday afternoon, and um, kind of got off to a little bit of a slow start. Uh, Wildcats only scored uh, what was it like fourteen points? Let me let me get it up really quickly. But I think they only they only scored like um, maybe it was less than it was seven, and then yeah, the Bears scored fifteen points. So really slow start. I would say something that probably we're used to seeing maybe last season where the Wildcats get off to a little bit of a slow start and then they kind of pick things up. Uh, that was kind of the way this game went. And so takes ladies, like, did you feel that it was the number two defense in the conference keeping them down because the bears, obviously a really good defensive team. If you look at the numbers and the rankings, or do you think it was just kind of like, you know, just kind of getting back out and kind of get back into the swing of things. I think it was a little bit of both. I think in that first quarter, uh, we missed a lot of shots, um, yeah. both a few three points and a couple inside. And I think that part of that could be adjusting to the defense. Part of it is, you know, something that we've continually talked about throughout the season of just taking that extra second to set up before taking the shots. And I think, it, you know, even going in, knowing that you're playing against the number two defense can have some impact on how you play the game. And so I think, the defense itself and just probably being in their head a little bit impacted. And I mean, cause at the end of the day, what was the biggest deal in that first quarter was missed shots. 
Yeah, like you said, Wildcats ended up shooting three of 12 in that first quarter, uh, only 25%. And then um, a lot of shots from three, one of five, the most. Oh, no, no, that's not true. In fourth quarter, they shot two of seven from three, but one of five in the first quarter from three, 20%. We've talked about how that's uh, something that they've been working on adding to their game lately, um, but not a, not a great showing in that first quarter. Just I think mostly, like I said, Northern Colorado, a good defensive team. And so it was just a matter of kind of getting settled against them and kind of figuring out where the wrinkles are. Brooke, what did you think? Yeah, I agree. I think they just started out slow, cold. Um, (laughs) I mean, I think Jessica covered it. It just, I don't know. Maybe it was too early of a game (laughs) for a weekday. (laughs) So I think that that's also a factor too, right? Um, The Wildcats are are used to, uh, like sometimes we talk a little bit, they talk about this, especially in football, about, playing at certain times and you know okay we're gonna play this time now and that's gonna kind of mess up what the normal um the normal routine for the day for a game day is because normally you've got you know this time is when you do this this time and i think for the wildcats Mm -hmm. noon on a thursday is out of the ordinary and so maybe it's kind of like a little bit of messing with their heads a little bit because um, northern colorado right now i think not 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 a terrific team uh ranked below the wildcats in the conference standings and so probably a game that the Wildcats should have won uh, but just that good defense show causing a problem yeah for sure um let's talk a little bit about rebounds because the Wildcats I think the women have done a really really good job this season have of being a team that rebounds well and and really takes care of the boards and part of that is I think mostly due to their size you know Emma Torber and Vicky Parra in the front court have really done a good job of boxing out and making sure but also Jaden Matthews and Darren Hickok finding ways to to get in there and get those rebounds out so it's just kind of like a a really good group of ladies who are just have a nose for the ball and are finding it but in this one Wildcats ended up actually getting out rebounded and so I wanted to ask you ladies like did you think it was more of just kind of like I mean, they did shoot more threes, and so that that leads to sort of long rebounds usually, and sometimes you're not normally in a position to get those. So was it positioning, or did you think that Northern Colorado, you know, had had us? They had size on the Wildcats, and they were just able to use that as their advantage. Part of the the reason that they have such a great defense, Jessica. What do you think? I think that's part of what it is just because when you compare this game to the rest of our games, we, we were down in rebounds, right? Kind of exactly what you're saying whenever um, it's just consistently an area where um, we do better. And so I think part of it was the the size of the other team and just adjusting to them. Um, And yeah, I mean, I I don't know (laughs) that I have a whole lot more to say other than that. But it was surprising because that is, you know, I was just looking a second ago. We, I think Jaden Matthews is number two in the conference for rebounds. And it looks like she still had a decent amount in this game. We just, they just did better, right? Yeah. I mean, like you said, normally a strength of the Wildcats. And there are folks that have really been big contributors to her, namely Jaden Matthews, J-double-doubles, I like to call her. But Brooke, what did you think? I mean, what was leading the Bears to have this success over the Wildcats where normally few teams are able to achieve that? I don't know. I think maybe it is both. Maybe their positioning and size. I, I don't know really what happened. I mean, it wasn't like a crazy amount more that they had, but I think some of, I, from what I remember a little bit is we like to take 
shots and then not go in for the rebound. I don't know if that was a lot of it this game, but there's a few times, especially threes, they'll shoot and then just start running back. And it's like, well, that just bounced off the rim right back to you. You should have stayed right there and you would have got that rebound. So I don't know. I think it's maybe a little bit of both about positioning and size. We just weren't getting in there maybe. Yeah. I mean, because the Bears right now are seventh in the conference in in rebounding, uh, they average thirty-seven point four. They're tied with Idaho, but a key a key thing here is combined opponent rebounds. So keeping their opponents off the boards, they are one of the best teams. They are the best team in the conference, averaging you know allowing their opponents to average only thirty-one point three rebounds a game. So they're very mm-hmm. good at keeping their opponents off the board, even though they aren't necessarily a team that rebounds super well themselves. You know, the Wildcats are actually better than them when it comes to combined team rebounds. But uh, for some reason, they're just super good at keeping their opponents off the boards. And um, they were there in this one. Really interesting how that shook out. Yeah. Uh, wanted to also talk about free throws because normally the Wildcats are a really good free, sh- free throw shooting team. Uh, but in this one, uh, really, really uncharacteristic of them, uh, ended up going um, 14 of 21. So that that leads to 66.7% uh, season average mm-hmm. for them. Uh, let's see if I put it in the notes. Yeah. 66% is their average. And so, or sorry, no, uh, Wildcats shoot 66%. Wildcats average 77%. So, I mean, what was, I mean, free throws a free throw, right? I mean, you have this opportunity. It's not really like anybody's blocking you. I mean, what, what was causing them so much trouble? Uh, do you think it's fatigue? Like what, why, why was it such a bad outing uh, from the free throw line for the Wildcats? Cause it, I mean, it made a difference. I don't know. Nerves. <laughs> Yeah. Trying not to miss, so they missed. <laughs> I mean, there's something to be said for that, right? Yeah, and I, I think a, a lot of it is this game, you know, while I, I think this game, what looked different for me, and I mentioned this a little bit pre-show, is we were handsier than I think we've ever been. We were, in terms of getting the ball and trying to be in feisty out on the court, we were there, but different parts of our game suffered compared to other times. And I think free throws is one of those things. And I think part of it could be your head was just in a different place, right? They weren't playing exactly like they were used to. And so when they got to the line, things just felt different. And because free throws are something you're practicing every day, you're doing with your eyes closed. It's the same. There, there was just no reason for, uh, this game to be different than any other. So the, really the only thing um that makes any sense is that they were in their head about something right and yeah. i think it was spread a little bit throughout right and it's when it's one person missing here and there i think aloma missed yeah. too but other than that folks were making it it was just those are easy points that you got to make right and mm-hmm. we kind of spread out who didn't make it yeah, you're you're absolutely right. It's not like any one person had a just absolutely abysmal showing at the line, right? Like we're talking about one free throw missed here, one free throw missed here, one free throw. Like you said, uh, Loma. Uh, yeah, I think I think that her her she ended up getting injured in this game, didn't she? Yeah. Um, she did. That 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 knee injury maybe bothering her a little bit. Uh, went zero for two, uh, and then Emery Lavelle, uh, who uh, her replacement, uh, her backup, ended up going two four. Right? Like it's just. Yeah. It's not, it's not like somebody just totally bombed at the line, but it added up across the mm-hmm. game to becoming 14 of 21. Yeah. Um, I think also an interesting thing is that 
you you mentioned that the Wildcats were a little bit handsier, right? Wildcats had 12 steals in this game, um, while the Bears had 10 of their own. Wildcats did a good job taking care of the ball, which uh, let me just double check. I'm not getting ahead of myself here. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. But I want to talk about, you know, when it comes to the steals, Emma Torber had seven steals in this game. She had a really big impact defensively on the game, even though offensively, she really, really struggled. She was only two of 13, but wasn't in foul trouble. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you both kind of what, what had her out of her groove? Because normally, I mean, we know that the bears are a good defensive team and maybe they keyed in on the fact that, you know, she is a key contributor in the post. That's where she makes a lot of her points, even though she can shoot the three, um, really uncharacteristic shooting night for her two of 13, just, uh, what was it? Six points. Let me just double check that number. Um, but it just, yeah, just six points. And so I think that that's the difference in the game right there. Uh, Emma Torbert, if she has a normal night, the Wildcats get, get the dub here. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and I don't know, did you ladies see any reason why she was having such a struggle in the post? Or was it a double team? Was it just a, a, a defensive opponent that was like, what about the defensive scheme that the Bears threw at the Wildcats made it so difficult on Emma Torbert specifically? I think it was her just playing a little bit different, right? Like you could tell she was playing different. She came out with a different attitude in the game. Like she played well. It was fun to see her get after the ball. And it's impressive to have all those steals without having the fouls. I admire her. You know, we've talked quite a bit about we need to take more shots from the three point line, but it's just an area that we're not consistent. She did take five, right? So I think she she got out there and she was just playing a little bit different and and it didn't work out definitely part of it was defense right if other teams are prepping to watch our games then they're going to watch emma and they're going to know if you get her in the post then you gotta she's just going to move you to score the ball and so i think (laughs) that they were certainly ready for that a little bit um but i think part of it is maybe taking the three-point shot when she could have drove to the basket a little bit more because you know well, well, I'm certainly glad that we took the three-point shots. I think it just made the game feel a little bit different. Yeah, because um, on top, you know, she had seven seals herself, but six turnovers. So I think it's just a battle mm-hmm. down there in that post, right? Yeah. Where it's just like she and the opponents were kind of going at it. She was getting, you know, her her opportunities defensively, but they were getting theirs as well. And right, so just exactly. Sort of creating, creating problems. Um, and like you said, just maybe a little bit different game plan kind of got got her out of her rhythm. Um, 0 for 5, uncharacteristic of her from the three-point line. Normally, she's very good. And we're going to talk about one of those really big threes here in the next segment. But um, yeah, just a, a rough game for her. And, and and I think we see that how critical the contributors are to this team. That, you know, the Wildcats, when they... You know, Darren Hickok has been really, really consistent. Um, Jaden Matthews has had a lot of defense thrown at her, a lot of different looks. I mean... We've talked about how Emma Torbert, you know, she had this down game and the impact that it had on the team. And then uh, Corey Penser had another, another rough shooting night. She was three of 10 and then two of seven from three uh, point line. And so just uh, difficult times, you know, they're all in double figures except for Emma, um, but just not, not quite enough. And so that defense must have really, really, really bothered them. Yeah. And it was a good game to watch once again, like it's good to see this team grow. Um, we lost, but it, it wasn't embarrassing. Right. It, um, and I, I think that they were in the game. It's just, you know, 
maintaining consistency. It seems a little, Mm -hmm. sometimes it feels like we grow in one area and we regress a little bit here. And I think that's what, what we saw during this game, right? We had less turnovers at the same time. We didn't have the same scoring percentage that we usually have. So it just feels like it's this balance as we continue to adjust as a team um, at some point and really against Sac State, it all lined up a little bit um, and hopefully continues to, but I think it's just a little bit of adjusting throughout the season here. Yeah. Points off turnovers is a big one. I mean, the bears, I mean, like the Wildcats took relatively good care of the ball, only committing 17 or 14 turnovers. And like we said, seven of those were, or six of those were turnovers uh, by Emma Torber herself. And so, I mean, really, really doing a good job overall of taking care of the ball compared to some of the other games that we saw, especially that roadie up to the Palouse, up to Idaho, and then Eastern Washington. Uh, Wildcats getting getting their turns, uh, but only capitalizing on seven points. So getting 17 turnovers, but only getting seven points out of the deal. Meanwhile, the Bears, uh, they're getting 14 turnovers from the Wildcats. And... uh, making sure that uh, they got 17 points out of those. And so the bears did a little bit better job cashing in on those turnovers. And I think you see it in the fast break, nine points compared to three, right? And so maybe it's a a matter of the different kinds of turnovers. Um, But yeah, I mean, good though to see the Wildcats be consistent in that area, because I think we all can agree on the panel that if they stay consistent in keeping the turnover numbers down, they're always going to give themselves themselves an opportunity to, to be in the game uh, regardless, right? But whereas if you right. turn the ball over 20, 25 times, I mean, then it really starts to, it becomes difficult unless you're shooting crazy lights out that night. Mm-hmm. Brooke, any any parting thoughts on the Northern Colorado game before we move on to Sac State? Um, no, I think just really in the end, it was a matter of them hitting a couple extra shots, obviously, to win, but um, like a three-point play and then a couple threes, and they just, Weber just couldn't do the same on the other end, I think was the biggest thing. Yeah, one, one thing we should say is that the Bears struggled themselves from the, three, the free throw line. 13 of 22 mm-hmm. for themselves, right? And so yeah. they shot uh, 59% from three or from the free throw line. And so their own woes there. Um, but Wildcats are losing this one 65 to 55. And then we move on to the Saturday game against Sac State. So let's talk a little bit about that game. Um, Sac State coming in. Um, uh, let me just double check because I had it up, but now I, I've gone away. But Sac State was above the Wildcats in the rankings. So Northern Colorado currently ninth in the conference. The Wildcats are at eight. Uh, but Sac State coming into this one, two, three, four, five, six in the conference, five and five, um, nine and 10 overall. Um, but I, I think that they're a little bit tougher team than than what their record, you know, realize if you if you watch the Eastern Washington game last night against the men, uh, you know that this is a team that, um, you know, sometimes that record doesn't necessarily tell you the whole tale. And I feel like Sac State is, is a team like that. Uh, they had uh, a lot going for them coming into this game. Obviously, the Wildcats um, reeling from a, well, let's see, what one, two, three, four, five, six game lose streak, right? And so it's just like yeah. an absolutely terrible skid by the Wildcats after a really promising start. Sac State comes to town. And the Wildcats answer the bell and end up getting the dub in this one. Um, 79 to 76, which was pretty, pretty dramatic. And we'll talk about that. But let's start from the beginning. 
they had 21 points in three quarters of, of this game. I mean, I think that that's probably one of the best offensive performances that we've seen. Brooke, I wanted to ask you, I mean, you've watched a lot of games. You've seen every single game that you possibly could this season. I mean, what was working so well offensively for the Wildcats in this one to give them that consistency in scoring? Because we've seen them go up and down like we've talked about. Um. Well, so my coworker went with me to the game actually, and we were talking about every little bounce went in. Like normally, you know, it'll go around the rim, come out. Like every weird little bounce, it didn't matter. It still went in. I don't like they're just on fire. It seemed like, um, like every shot was going in. So I don't, I don't know if they just had energy. Like there's, they're like, okay, this six game losing streak ends today. I don't know. It just. Yeah, they were, know, they were ready clicking. To be, yeah, they were ready <laughs> yeah. to be done, right? And, and I think that I think you're right. I think that coming in and sort of watching the way that they started the game, I mean, came out with an absolute bang, scoring mm. 21 points in the first quarter. You're saying like, "Hey, we're not we're not losing here." Um, and I was uh, I did a watch party for this one on Twitter Spaces, and uh, Dan Hubler hopped on, and we talked a little bit about this about how Wildcats took a little bit of a slump in the second quarter, only scoring six. Mm. 16 points and kind of letting letting Sac State back in a little bit um, because they had a six point lead. You know, that lead was cut to three at the half. But I think that we we, we talked about it at, at halftime about how, okay, a few times this, this season we've seen the Wildcats have a really great first quarter and then slump in the second and third quarters and then have to come back in the fourth and that has created problems for them. Let's see if they grow in this third quarter and really answer because I think the first... I, I said the first five minutes of that third quarter were going to be absolutely critical to deciding what was going to happen. And they totally answered the bell, right? 21 mm-hmm. points in the third quarter coming out of the half saying, all right, we're not, we're not losing this one tonight. Um, and then going on to score another 21 points in the third, in the fourth quarter. I mean, I wanted to ask you, Jessica, like, did, do you feel that, they're getting better at answering because like I said, we've seen the slump where it's this and then it's down a couple of quarters and then it's up again. Whereas now we've, we've shaved off one of those quarters. We're back up on the third quarter and then we're into the fourth quarter. I mean, do you see this as um, maybe a turning point for the Wildcats, Jessica? Yeah. I mean, I think the game looked different. I think Emma came in with something to prove. Certainly she came off a relatively horrible game and I don't know how many points I'd have to go back and count how many were hers in that first quarter, but she came out on fire. And, um, and the other thing is, is we took less three point shots here. I'd like to see more shots from outside, (laughs) but the ones we did, we made like significantly less shots than we typically take, but it was that, I think we were just super intentional and we had our head in the game and, you know, maybe this is where stuff starts to mesh, but it's doing what we do well. Right. So get inside and score, which we did. We had a better percentage, obviously than Northern Colorado there, but even when we went out to the perimeter, we took fewer shots, but we made the ones we took. So it's being intentional with how we had the ball. So I do think part of it is uh, maybe we are starting to level out. Maybe this is when things start to come together. You know, I think that it helped that it's the last home game of a streak and we had a team coming out with something to prove as well, but it felt like a really good game. Yeah. um, Obviously a rough skid for the Wildcats. Um, in you know, including that roadie and then bleeding into this long homestand. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I will say that 
they you're right that when they did take threes, they were they they pretty much made them. You know, four of seven from three. So only seven attempts. Six of those were Emma Torbert, right? Brookie like, Minkle be tired. What's going on? Sorry. Here? <laughs> <laughs> All good. Sorry. <laughs> but uh six of those attempts are coming from Emma Torbert herself and only one from LT Laura Taylor. And she, you know, she knocked that one down. And so a concerted effort to kind of play, play in the paint and uh, play around the basket. And, you know, a statistic that stood out to me, 16 assists in this one. Wildcats yeah. are dead last in assist to turnover ratio in the conference right now. 16 assists really helped out with only nine turnovers in this one. Just absolutely great job taking care of the ball and sharing the ball. And I think that leads to a lot of success points in the paint 30 in this one for the Wildcats. Yeah. yeah. That's their game is getting inside and obviously not shooting threes. <laughs> they right. went and back to think, their game. Yeah. And I think even Emma just once again, coming out with something to prove and five mm-hmm. on threes in the last game. Rough. And then she's the one who made the three is six this mm-hmm. game. So I think it's, Seeing what went wrong the last game, making those corrections in, in the short little interim period there, because there are quite a few back to backs here and it and it showed. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's let's talk about one of those threes, because there was a point in the fourth quarter where the Wildcats led, I'd say not maybe not comfortably, but they led for the most part for the most of this game. But then the fourth quarter, Sac State really kind of makes a run at them. Uh, it's getting very close. It even looks like the Wildcats might lose. But then uh, a, a turn of events and uh, Emma Torbert, um, I think under a minute left, wasn't it? Something like 19 that. 19 seconds. Yeah, yeah. 19 yeah. seconds left. Um, Wildcats have the ball and it's tied, right? I believe. No, no, no. The Wildcats are down two, actually. Mm-hmm. Wildcats are down two and um, running the offense, doing their best to say, okay, like something needs to happen. And for some reason, Sac State allowed Emma outside of the, th- of the, of the line and nobody really guarded her. And so she sets up for the three and, you know, I think, I mean, Brooke, you were there. Uh, Jessica, did you go to the game as well? No, nope, I was watching it. You're watching Online. it. Okay. And, uh, and I think everybody held their breath there. Cause it's like, this is the game right here. If she misses mm-hmm. it, like game's over. Like, yeah. And she hits it and everybody just goes wild, man. Like it's just absolutely crazy. Cause then the Wildcats go from being down to 19 seconds left to now being up one completely flicks flips the game on its head because now Sac State's got to figure out like, okay, now we need to score. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think the Wildcats get a stop on the other end or a turnover or something like that, which essentially sealed it. Cause then at that point they had to go to, okay, now we have to foul and we got to try and keep up, which didn't work out for them because normally the Wildcats a very good uh, free throw shooting team. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they did, they put, they put, I mean, I have to go check the number here, but Wildcats ended up shooting. Um, they shot eight of 10 from the free throw line in that fourth quarter, 80%, right? Like just absolutely making sure that they made those free throws kept up with it. Another, another shout out. I mean, third quarter, nine of nine from the, from the free throw line. So really taking care of business with, with those freebies and pretty much put it on ice and Sac State couldn't come back. So what a, what a crazy pivotal moment. And you know, all of that, that critical three on top of a career night for Emma Torbert, she had 29 points. That's a career high for her. I mean, and she's played a lot of high level basketball. So something to be said there. I mean, talk to me though, a little bit about that shot, ladies. I mean, Brooke, you're in the arena, you're sitting there, you're watching it go down and you're like, Oh, okay, we need this. Mm. And then it, and then it falls. I mean, talks to us about the elation in the crowd. It just, it was crazy. Just like huge roar. And 
I mean, I don't want to take away from that, but it Sac State missed a couple free throws. I don't want to call out a certain person, but it was number four. Yep. <laughs> and they were critical free throws because it yeah. left the door open for the wild. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And then, so it just, her missing those. And, the, and then uh, I think some, a number 11 also missed one that kind of, I'm like, okay, like they're giving us a chance. And then Emma hits the that three. Open. It just, yeah. Like, cause I think Corey almost lost the pass or something, grabbed it before it hit the out, hit out of bounds, just tossed over to Emma. She just sets up like it was awesome. And I think number 24 on their team, she's like six, five kind of started coming out. But like before she was even close, Emma already had it off. Like she right, just, like they didn't they didn't commit to that defense, and it's no. kind of weird because she was already two of five on them that night. So it's yeah. not like it's not like she's an offer. You know what I mean? It's like no, she can hit mm-hmm. the shot, guys. Like you right. got to go out and guard her. She's probably one of the better three point shooters on the team. And so if you read yeah. the scouting report, you would know that. But they didn't commit, and uh, you know, and I, I guess putting myself in their shoes. I guess I would kind of understand because like we said, the Wildcats really the only person that hurt them from three was Emma Torbert that Mm -hmm. in that game, nobody else really shot, right? Like LT shot one, Laura Taylor shot one and hit it. That was it. And so if I'm, you know, but they absolutely got pounded in the paint, 30 points in the paint. I mean, so maybe they were like, no, 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 no. Like we're going to dare her to beat us, Mm -hmm. but they picked the wrong person to dare because she can hit them. And she did. And it was absolutely electric. I mean, Talk to us a little bit about um, Jessica, about once she hits it, I mean, how you're feeling going from just like, oh, we're probably going to lose to holy cow, the Wildcats are going to win this thing uh, now going up one with 19 seconds or less. Well, and I think that's just what's exciting. Like there was so much that was exciting about that, because I think exactly what you're saying is kind of what Sac State's thinking. Like they're not a three point shot game. They're going to come in for the tie. We'll get into the game of fouls at that point. Right. Because that's how we've played in other games this season. So it's what to be expected. So I admire us and going for the win instead of the tie, Mm -hmm. knowing that we're a little bit less consistent at that place. So I think that it, it was, it was awesome because we were in it. So many of our games have come down to those last couple minutes. And this is one where we were going in on top and we had solid strategy even after it in the 19 seconds that were left. And it was, it was exciting. And it's a super, super cool for Emma to be able to close that out really once again, after, you know, the last game compared to this one, um, it was exciting for our team. Yeah. Yeah. Like we said, career night for her and a really interesting situation here because the Wildcats are currently dead last in the conference in three point shooting percentage. They're 27.8%. Like we've talked about, not their game. It's not a thing that they do normally. The Wildcats want to play inside and they've had great success doing that. Uh, But then on the flip side, Sac State, actually the worst three-point defending team in the conference as well, giving up 39.4%. So sort of a, a weird thing. Like, I guess as we look through the stats, it was like, oh, it makes sense why they would commit to the paint because that's what they do. They commit to the paint. You know, they give up a lot of threes because that's who they are. And uh, this one got them. And so really, really, really critical shot by Emma Torber to, to give the Wildcats the lead. Um, Want to talk a little bit about Jaden Matthews, though, because she got the she got the double-double in this one. And um, it seemed like you talked a little bit about that energy, Jessica, about how the Wildcats just came out like we're not we're not losing tonight. Right. We're not losing this one. And um, she came out ready to play and ended up walking away with a double double. Uh, It feels like games like this give the Wildcats confidence 
as we look to the remaining nine games of the conference season, because there are going to be some tough ones on the schedule. Yeah, I mean, I think she was super exciting to watch. I think that, I mean, 10 of her rebounds are defensive rebounds. So it's just, we, everything came together and we played the positions that we play well, right? Jaden was able to come back in and score. I think we've seen some differences um, with her these last three games than we saw prior where the other teams were kind of closing her out a little bit there. So my hope is, and I'm the eternal optimist, you know, as you two both know at this point is like, maybe this is when it all starts to come together, right? Like we felt this, we know what it feels like. We were all playing our positions well against a dang good team. Um, and we came out on top. So I'm hoping that this bodes well for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, Brooke, final question to you about this one before we move on. Um, wanted to ask about Wildcats currently eighth in the conference. Uh, and like I, like I noted, there are nine games remaining, including the roadie this weekend up to um, Montana and Montana state. will also the last game of the season be taking the trip down to Cedar city to face the number one uh, SUU T-Birds. Um, what do you think? Do you think a sixth spot or better is possible? Um, that, Cause that's a lot of tough games of the nine. We're talking about one, two, three of those. I think I think a fourth as well, because I think there's an NAU game in there as well that is going to be tough. Um, do you think that they have the opportunity to, to maybe crack a six spot or do you think seven, eight is probably where they're going to end up going into the conference tournament? I'm going to be optimistic and say yes, <laughs> as long yeah. as they play like how they played against the Montana's the first time. And then even then Sac state, if they play their game, play, get, get it down low to Jaden and Emma and hit the threes when they need to, I think they can do it. But Go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, I think that um, it would be interesting to see them flip the script here. Uh, because we know that the, the Wildcats have had struggles on the road. Uh, we've seen that. And yeah. then um, they've been better at home. I mean, there was a point where they were undefeated at home, um, but have been very, very tough at home and have won some really big games. And so I think that this roadie in the next couple of weeks are really going to tell the tale of how this team does, because I think if they can find that ability to win on the road the way that the men have, that's going to bode well going into Boise because Boise is a neutral site. It's essentially an away game, right? Like that's really what it is because I can't see, I mean, Wildcat fans do make the trip up there, but you've got a lot of other fans up there as well. And certain teams travel well in Boise. I mean, I've been up there. You see a lot of Montana fans, a lot of Montana state fans. You probably see a lot of Idaho fans this year. Um, It's just being up in Boise is a road game period. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, and so I, I'm interested to see how the Wildcats handle this roadie and the remaining nine games. Cause most of them will be on the road. Um, and if they can, if they can figure out a way to win and flip the script on what has happened thus far in the season, find that grit and that determination, it'll be a nice confidence booster going into the conference tournament uh, because we're hoping to see, you know, make, have them make a little bit of noise. I don't think that anybody expects the Wildcats to just run the table and win the conference championship, um, no. but um, definitely have a, hopefully a little bit more success than they've had in recent years uh, up in Boise. Yeah. Okay. So that's the Sac State. I mean, Wildcats end up getting the dub um, dramatically beating Sac State 79 to 76. And so a nice opportunity there to end that, that long losing streak and get back to winning ways, much needed win for the Wildcats. And so we'll see if they can continue that now as they head to Montana this weekend to take on the Grizz and the Bobcats. 
up in Bozeman and in Missoula. So now, ladies, let's move. Let's move on to our game. I've got a game prepared for you called Over Under. We're going to see if you'll take the over or the under on some of these lines that I've created. And so, very first one, uh, Brooke Minnick, I want to start with you. Um, Weber State will win five point five of their remaining games. Uh, I could pull up the schedule really, really quickly. It's right here. These games include Montana, Montana State, Eastern Washington, Idaho, Sac State, Northern Colorado, Portland State, NAU. And ending in Cedar City down at SUU. What do you think? Five point five? You taking the over? Or you taking the under on that one? Over. <laughs> She's taking the over. You think they're going to win six? She thinks they're going to win six of they've, those nine games. <laughs> okay, she is an optimist. I'm going under. We're Taking winning five, not five point five. Ah, uh-huh. and see that was the rub, right? I was like, okay. yeah, five or five point five. You set the line right there. We'll see how they end up. So we got a split decision there. Brooke Minnick taking the over, and Jessica Euler taking the under. So let's move on to the next one. Wildcats right now, the Wildcats average eighteen point seven turnovers per game. Um, I'm going to put the over. They will end the season at thirteen point five turns a game. You taking the over or are you taking the under? Brooke Minnick, we'll go back to you. Oh, I don't think they can get it down to 13.5. They've done a really good job taking care of the ball of late. Yeah. But, I mean, it's tough to move I, averages this far into the season. Yeah, I think that's a little too low. <laughs> so she's taking the over. It's uh, not, not going to go under that number. Jessica, what about you? Taking the over or the under on 13.5 turns a game? I am stalling for just a second while I look at the last couple of games here, <laughs> just so I can see. Can help you out. Last game, the Wildcats committed just nine turnovers. Okay, the what was game, the game they committed before? just fourteen turnovers. Mm, no, I'm going over. <laughs> All right, we got a couple of folks who understand how statistics work. So that that average can be moved that much. They're both taking the over. All right, now let's go to, um, like I noted, Wildcats have four games remaining against the top five teams in the conference. They've played Idaho State twice already, so they're out. The remaining games will be against Montana, Montana State, SUU, and Northern Arizona. I set the over. The Wildcats will win 2.5 of those remaining four games. You taking the over or the under there? Brooke, what do you think? Over. (laughs) Taking the over. She thinks they're going to get three. That's big. I mean, the Wildcats have beaten Montana and they have beaten Montana State already this season. Not unheard of. It could happen. They just got to keep playing like they did against Sacramento State and then the Montana's before. But if they don't, then that's not happening. If they play like they did with Northern Colorado, it's not happening. Or Uh, that six-game losing streak. Yeah. uh, Another thing to note is that the Wildcats have already played Northern Colorado in Flagstaff. Ended up losing that game by two, right? Uh, That was was the heartbreaker. And then they went up to Portland and absolutely demolished the Vikings. You know, just gave them a drubbing. And so... um, yeah, I mean, it's not like it's not like they couldn't beat any of those teams, right? I think that the only team that they haven't really shown out well against so far, uh, well, they've shown out well against all those teams, right? Because then mm-hmm. SUU, who's the number one team in the conference, they took them to overtime. Yeah, right. Uh, the only difference is that game will be down in Cedar City, not at the Purple Palace. Whereas, uh, same with the Montana game and the Montana State game, but now Northern Arizona coming to the Purple Palace. Um, so maybe some Wildcat revenge. So 
Jessica, she's she's taken uh, Brooks taken three. She's taken the over at least three. What about you? Taking the over or under on two point five of those four games? I'm going over, but just three, not at least three. But I'm we will win three. Happen. Okay, <laughs> she's taking the over as well. Going with three of out of those four games. I mean, it'd be great to see. And like I said, we know that the Wildcats can hang. They've done it already. Um, final one for you ladies tonight. The Wildcats average 15.1 free throws a game. That number will climb to 17.5 by the end of the season. You're taking the over or the under. We've talked about how this is a team that likes to play in the paint. They've had a lot of success there. Conceivably, it could happen. It's not out of the uh, realm of possibility, but Brooke, what do you think? Over or under on 17.5 free throw attempts by the end of the season? Well, I was almost going to say under until you just said that. So over. <laughs> <laughs> I convinced her. <laughs> well, with my stats talk, 17.5 free throws, she thinks it's going to be more than that. Sounded good. <laughs> Jessica, what about you? Under. Um, me under? I, I am. Yeah, I think that we've we've kind of seen where we're going to go get there i think uh where we can improve is making the shots that we take we're pretty consistent in the amount of shots that we take overall we're not consistent in the number of shots that we make you know so ample opportunities for foul so i'm going to go with you know we'll stay right around where we are go for okay split on this one (laughs) jessica's taking the under all right, ladies. Thanks so much. That's over under. So appreciate your takes there and uh, and your reasonings why. Now let's look to the upcoming uh, calendar. Uh, as we noted, Wildcats will be taking on Montana in Missoula on Thursday. Uh, that game will be at 7 p.m. on ESPN Plus. And then Saturday, February 5th, Wildcats taking on Montana State in the Brick in Bozeman at 2 p.m. also on ESPN Plus. Then the following week, the Wildcats get their uh, opportunity at revenge against Eastern Washington, who they lost to up in Cheney previously in the season. Uh, that game will be in the Purple Palace at 6 p.m. on Thursday, February 10th. Tickets available at WeberStateSports.com. Super cheap. Get down there, folks. It's a really good time. And then uh, Saturday, February 12th, uh, Idaho coming to town. Wildcats will take on the the Vandals at 1 p.m. ESPN Plus or tickets available at WeberStateSports.com. Just go down there. It's fun. It's Saturday. It's a good Saturday afternoon thing. I did it like two or three times while I was in Utah. It's, it's great. And I'm sure there'll be promos. There've been so many promos. Haven't you guys loved all these promos? Yes. So much. Um, yeah. I love yeah. It. yeah. <laughs> I already have <laughs> tickets, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, versus, you know, like, that's the thing. Seeing tickets like $50, man. Like, come on, think about, let's talk real talk. How many of you wasted $50 on like bad food from a restaurant you wanted to try? Everybody's done that, dude. Everybody's mm-hmm. done that. Just think, instead of buying bad food at a restaurant you wanted to try and it didn't pan out, you could put fifty dollars into this program and show up to this to these games all season. How about that? That's right. <laughs> so buy, buy buy some season tickets, folks. Um, all right, ladies, uh, wrap up the show. Weber State Weekly at gmail.com. You want to email me? Facebook.com, Twitter, Instagram, all places to chat with us on social media. Patreon.com uh, slash Weber State Weekly. You want to support us? We'd appreciate it. Um, WeberStateWeekly.com. I'm probably going to be doing maybe a little bit of softball content coming up. Uh, our softball show will be starting soon. Um, so watch for that. Uh, we've got a, we've got a good team. Uh, Brett Hine did a preview in the standard examiner last week. And, uh, yeah, man, uh, Wildcats were picked number one in the preseason rankings. So everybody expects them to be very good again. Wildcats are returning the conference player of the year, uh, conference pitcher of the year, new freshman of the year. 
and have added a 2019 West Coast Conference Pitcher of the Year. So stacked, really good team. Um, I'm excited mostly to see uh, Mariah Ramirez uh, rake and and strike guys out. She's she's basically Shohei Otani. She's Shohei Otani. That's what she is. (laughs) She's the big sky Shohei Otani. I love it so much. Me too. I love it. Can't wait to see it. So, all right, ladies, I want to thank both of you for taking some time to talk some Weber State hoops with me. Wrap it up like we usually do. Weber State, Weber State. Great. 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 Go Wildcats. Oh!